You are listening to the Twibbly Podcast, or This Week Was Way Better Last Year. Comedy podcast looking back at This Week in History. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podbean, or wherever you like to get your podcasts from. You can find us and or message us over on Facebook and Instagram using TWWWBLY. Welcome back to Twibbly, or this week was way better last year. My name is Bill with one L. Actually, this week it's Bill with no L. <laughs> with, with me. Oh my goodness. He's your only friend. He's not your only friend, but he's a little glowing friend. But really, he's not actually your friend. He is Jeff McLarge Huge. That's me. Or as I like to call myself, the fourth wise man. <laughs> How's it going? It's Christmas week. It's our very special Christmas episode, which means which means lots of religious jokes, I'm sure. <laughs> brace, brace yourselves, everyone, for the blasphemy to come. <laughs> a blasphemy, a blas for you. Yes. Uh, fun's all around. Uh, you and I, as adults, don't come from are are, are not particularly religious fam- people or families. Uh, but I was brought up Catholic, so do you have any Christmas traditions that you do, not being religious, like what do you do? Our Christmas traditions are lame. I mean, <laughs> but lame but normal. We eat the same – well, we used to eat the same stuff every year. I can't remember what I made last year because that was the first Christmas that we were vegetarian. Uh-huh. So I don't know. It used to be so much for tradition, I guess. But I would make a particular dinner. The kids and I would always watch – we still always watch the Mystery Science Theater episode called Space Mutiny. Uh, we drink a load of eggnog. Uh, the space mutiny does not affect your diet whatsoever. Apparently, it does not affect the space mutiny. Does not affect my diet. It is. It's. We're not vegan, so we can deal okay. with the cheese. Uh, but um, <laughs> yes, and that's that's kind of what we do. The kids still go to bed early, even though they don't go to bed early at any other night of the year, and leave me to. Well, it's it's easier now that they're older. But it used to be they would leave me to assemble bicycles, wagons. Right. Giant doll condos with 42,578 pieces and eight Allen wrenches and seven metric uh, screwdrivers and all kinds of other things. No, it's 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 generally pretty quiet. And then we spend the day together and it's nice. We, we, make, we make time to spend time together in like one room for a while, huh. which we don't make time to do every other day, really. Uh, my tradition, uh, ever since I... Ever since I moved into this house, so it's been 14, 14 to 15 years now. But my tradition is I call it the I'm sick of my family get together. And I'm not yeah. it's not that I'm sick of my family. I don't really have a family. I have a I have a brother, but he usually goes, you know, to his in-laws and stuff like that. So right. I'm, I'm kind of left to my own devices. So I have the I'm sick of my family uh, open house. I, I just put a thing on. You know, Facebook for my friends. I was like, look, by six o'clock on Christmas, I know you want to murder everybody and you're sick to death of talking politics with your uncle. So make an excuse. Get out of the house. Come over here. Bring bring your leftovers. And um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. I mean, we'll see how it goes this year, but it's pretty cool. I usually have lots of uh, lots of different foods to try out and I'm usually good for a couple of days because I have all sorts of like little finger sandwiches or whatever that they bring over. Nice. And, That's nice. Yep. And also, I make my traditional meal. I make a version of the French food gâteaux that would probably have any self-respecting French person rolling over in their grave the way I make them. But it was it was kind of taught to me from my uh, from my aunt. Isn't gâteau pretty much ground pork, ground beef, and potato? It's, like the filling for a French meat pie with allspice and some other stuff in it. Uh, I'm not sure about the potatoes, but it's basically it's pork. Boiled in pork fat, so okay. it's pretty much a heart attack on a stick. Um, I was just thinking to myself, like I can't even look at the container that can that holds that yeah. if that's the case, and then I would be dead. Yep, it's a yeah, it, it seizes the engine, so to speak. <laughs> it's running your lawnmower with twenty W forty, so <laughs> it's thr- thrombotastic. Yeah, quite. It is quite yummy. Um, 
but yeah, allspice is uh, is the key ingredient. Ah, but yep, that's 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 my Christmas, uh, basically. Oh, nice. Yep. All right. Nice. Uh, we have another tradition around here, which is the trivia question. Oh man, here we go. Yep. All right, ready. Which state? No, <laughs> no not at all. <laughs> I'm never ready for these. Which I haven't got one right yet. Nope. Which state? Which state in the United States only borders one other state? Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico, as of this recording, is not a state. U.S. Virgin Islands. <laughs> Guam. All right. Guam. Midway. All right, all of, Bikini Atoll. All right. All of those so far don't border any states. Could you? Could you out of the 50 states, which one? I don't know. I got to think about this to the end of the show. All right. So, all right, all right. So, speaking of the end of the show, this is the beginning of the show. This is the week beginning December the twenty first, and uh, why don't you start this week? Alrighty, this, this this is a great one. December the twenty first, nineteen seventy. Elvis Elvis Aaron Presley visits Richard Nixon in the White House. You can see the photo of of them shaking hands and Elvis in all of his like Las Vegas jumpsuit glory. Yep. And convinces Nixon to give him the title of undercover agent for the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. <laughs> Something for which Nixon, uh, not Nixon, but certainly Elvis Presley would get to sample in abundance in the weeks following, I'm sure, that meeting. Is, um, is, there, an, is, is there a medal you get for irony? <laughs> I don't I don't know, but there should be. And if there is, it probably is it, it contains this image. It turns out the photo of Presley and Nixon together is the most requested image from the entirety of the National Archives. And I'm sure that that speaks ill of us as a people, but I don't want to say that out loud, although I just did. The National Archives, where you could get, you know, a photostatic copy, I think, of the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or Samuel Adams' recipe for beer. Or some other thing, and yet, what do people want? Okay, give me that, give me that Elvis Presley. I want that Elvis Presley and Nixon. Oh, that's, that's a mighty fine jumpsuit I got there. Oh, oh I think this, this is going to make a lovely picture of you and me, oh, Dick. Can I call? Can I call you Dick? Can I call you Dick Nixon? Can I? Hey, Dick. Uh, hey, Dick. Yeah, 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 you want to see my guns? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 Mr. Mr. Presley, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I, I especially love that song you do about the hounding dogs. <laughs> that. Let's, we've milked that cow a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that cow is empty yeah. now. It is an iconic picture just because it's such a, I mean, the two icons of their time, you know, Richard Nixon resigned in disgrace. Elvis Presley died in grace land, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like you said, he was he was made like this like drug you know undercover drug czar so to speak of the United States, and like Elvis Presley, just a few years later was living on like drugs and mayonnaise. <laughs> the you, mayonnaise you, was used to wash the drugs down. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever like like gone down the the rabbit hole of like did Elvis fake his own death? Uh, oh, of, course. of which there are still sightings of. Elvis, who would be like 550 years old now. <laughs> One of the conspiracy theories around it is that he actually was a, an undercover drug agent and had uh, contacts through like the the Memphis Underground or Memphis Mafia or whatever they're called. He was they were gonna they were gonna kill him and and how they ended up not killing him was that the government took him and put him in a safe house and they faked his death to to throw the scent off and it led to the arrest and or conviction of a whole bunch of people. Is there any evidence of this? There is not, but it is a conspiracy theory. If Sweet Sensation wasn't the mafia underground, the, the Memphis underground, I don't even want to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> well, I, I think like, the, well, I mean, the Memphis mafia was like the, the name for his entourage. And I don't want to cast aspersions on like those guys because those were like his bodyguards and his friends and the guys who leached money off of him and, and, and helped him with promotions and other stuff. Those are real guys. Those are real people that have real jobs. And, but there was some like connection to... The seedy part of like the southern crime families, I guess. Again, this is a, a conspiracy theory. It ha carries as much validity as the conspiracy theory that Elvis and Nixon both came from space, or that Elvis was having an affair with the Loch Ness monster, which I've just made up on the spot. Or this one that you know Elvis Presley and Richard Nixon are gonna get their voices done again on this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm very sorry. About that. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to December the twenty second. December twenty second, eighteen eighty two. Your friend and mine, Thomas Edison, develops the stringed lights, like like we still have around Christmas lights. You know, the the string of lights. Yeah, Christmas yeah. lights. This is like less than one or two years after he finalized the invention of the light bulb. Mm-hmm. That's a tiny amount of time to go from like I can illuminate the world. To this will probably burn down your house because I'm stringing them around a dead tree. Actually, just the opposite because the the tradition of putting lights on a Christmas tree is an old pagan thing where they would light candles and put them on the tree. They would light candles on a dried dead pine tree inside your house. How many worse well, ideas can you possibly have, right? I think that's how, that's how you get the invite to Jesus' birthday party. <laughs> yeah, that was probably like, you know, if we could string these lights together. And, I think the and, amount of house and, fires probably went down at that point. It, yeah, it probably did. And, and well, Edison, too, is like Edison's always the businessman, right? He does, He's not always looking. He's not looking for the thing that's going to change the world and be a benevolent Jonas Salk type. Here, please take my patent. I don't need it. Right. Cure polio. He's more like. Well, if I can light one room with one bulb, <laughs> if I string a bunch of bulbs together, I can light up a whole tree. People are going to be throwing money at me like I was a leper <laughs> if I make this thing. Though, lo and behold, there it was. And it probably was something he thought like, oh, Westinghouse thinks that my one bulb is nothing. Well, wait till he sees when I've got a string of a hundred bulbs together on round a Christmas tree. And you have to wonder if the blinking bulb was a welcomed accident. Oh, you guarantee that first string he would have been like, how come one of these is out? <laughs> One goes out, they all go out. <laughs> I've never been one of those people that lights up the whole house with the Christmas. I don't even decorate. Do you know what I do? Do you know what my Christmas decoration consists of? Legit. I buy a stinky tree, you know, for the car, the car air freshener. Yeah. I buy a stinky tree and I hang it up. Tree's up. I've done dec- that's, I've done decorating. That That's a pretty low bar, yep. though. That's a pretty low bar for, for like celebrating Christmas. I do, I do more than, again, I have two teenage children, so we always get a Christmas tree and we decorate it and... Well, they decorate it. There are few activities in the world that I like less than decorating Christmas trees. Taking it down. There's another one. I don't do that either anymore. Yeah, Yeah, I can't stand. I do not get any enjoyment out of setting up a Christmas tree. I like it when it's there. It's nice when it's done. As long as I don't have to do it. Yep. So thanks a lot, Thomas Edison. Ruined Christmas. I don't have the room nor the motivation. But I mean, I put up, I put up some other stuff. Like for a while, we had these two giant bins full of Christmas. I call it Christmas crap because yep. that's what it was. It was like somebody had just shoplifted 500 pounds of garbage from the Christmas tree shops and put it in my basement, and then I gave it away. <laughs> it was a Christmas miracle. All right, let's move on to the 23rd. What do you have? <laughs> All right, are we ready? I'm, 1888. I'm ready. All right, good. This is the, the most Christmassy thing ever. 1888, Vincent Van Gogh, painter. Cuts off his left ear with a razor after an argument with Paul Gauguin, another painter, mm-hmm. and sends it to a prostitute for safekeeping. Well, there's a lot to unpack here because the ear incident, like why he cut off his ear, is up for a lot of debate. I heard a lot of different stories. I bet he didn't hear as many stories after this. <laughs> So, uh, what was what's the reason that you heard? Why he, I heard why it was be- I heard it was because he he was trying to demonstrate his love to some Parisian woman. Yep. So of course you would say like I love you. I've never want to be with anybody else, even though you know you're far away from me. I would love to come see you. So I'm going to mail myself one piece at a time. You'll have to assemble me when I arrive. Mm-hmm. First part is my <laughs> ear. The. Uh- <laughs> Um, now that was the story. The I was, IKEA version. Of <laughs> the, the ear IKEA. The now that was the story I was told when I was a kid. My father had told yeah. me that he had cut off his ear to uh, cut off his ear to impress a girl, and then he reminded me that that was probably the worst way to go about things. I was gonna say, yeah. like, I've done a lot of stuff to impress girls, and, yeah. and just from my life experience, like cutting a part of my body off and sending it to them is not one that I think any of the women that I've ever tried to impress would have found impressive. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe one. The story I heard later in life may actually makes a little bit more sense given his personality type was he was drawing a, or his painting or whatever, a, a self-portrait, and he could not get the ear right. And out of frustration, he cut off his ear so he wouldn't have to paint it. 
You'd think that he would cut off his ear and use it as a model so he could have a better look at it. Or, or yeah. That makes way more sense. Or that, yeah. And like, I'll fix you! Rather than just not paint it into the... I mean, he could have wrapped his head... I know the self-portrait you're speaking of. Like, right. he could have wrapped his head in a towel the same way. Yep. And just covered his ear. And no one would have known. You know? <laughs> no one's, but, no one's done the wiser. <laughs> yes. But it, 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 it seems more likely that after he'd eaten all the egg, you know, the egg tempera paints with all the lead and stuff in it, a little less on the high end of the mental health spectrum. That he probably he he probably cut it off so that he could look at it and be like, so that's what it looks like. Okay, <laughs> hold on. You know, every time I look in the mirror, it's like backwards. Um, Don't overlook the heroin. I won't. <laughs> I'm sure he was like, my ear is killing me. What am I going to do to make this pain go away? I'm sure that was a factor too. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the 24th. Uh, the 24th, we have a weird holiday. The 24th is. Eggnog Day. Yeah, eggnog, traditionally a Christmas uh, beverage. All, I, I don't understand why it's not available year-round, so I can avoid it like it's death year-round. Oh, I, I love eggnog. Yeah. I, I love it. The problem I have with eggnog is it gives me, like, acidic saliva dripping heartburn. <laughs> but I'm like I'm like the queen alien at the end of Aliens, like, ah! <laughs> With just saliva, it's just sizzling out of my mouth because I have such rampant heartburn. But it's so good. <laughs> That's that is exactly my description with uh, with Mountain Dew. Like I love Mountain Dew. It's my actually my favorite soda. But like a, a one can, and I'm having nightmares about throwing up lava. I'm about like a volcano oh, yeah. in my sleep. Yeah. Yeah, the only way that I can really drink eggnog in abundance is if I make like a parfait and I do like a row of Rolades on the bottom and then <laughs> some eggnog and then float some Tums on top and then a little bit more eggnog and then some Metamucil on top. And it's like, three, you know, it's like a, like a little tiramisu. <laughs> my mom at my house, uh, you, she loved eggnog and she double loved it because it was one of the few things that she could put in the refrigerator without fear of anybody else in the house drinking it. She was the only, ah. She was the only one that liked it. My father hated it. Go. My brother and I both don't like it. Although, I, as you grow, your your tastes like change. Mm-hmm. So my brother actually might like eggnog now, but I don't think he liked it when we were kids. Oh, I I love my kids love it too. If I buy eggnog, and it's, eggnog is not inexpensive. It's like five bucks for a half gallon of that stuff. I bring it home. I'm I'm lucky if I get three tablespoons, which is about as much as I can drink anyway. Before my kids have wiped it all out, yep. and eggnog is like that. It's just the right thickness that you can drink all of it without swallowing once it just sort of runs like one big connected globule down your throat if you're not careful you are going to make me throw up right now (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so good though yeah i've loved the flavor i've been like during this whole show like up until now and even right now i'm trying to find out what the hell nog is because it's, it's it's probably it's probably a pull off from grog. Grog was rum and water that is mixed. Absolutely, it. That is one of the theories right there. That uh, yeah, you know. grog is actually old. Uh, I know it's rum and water mix, but it's also old slang for booze. Yeah. So right. So egg grog or whatever. Yeah, I got you know morphed down to eggnog because you don't see any other like things. You don't have like meat nog or uh, pork nog. <laughs> It's true. true. You can make a, a, a discussion that gartons are actually pork nog. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the reason it's eggnog is that it gets its thickness from egg whites. That's the egg part of the eggnog. Disgusting. I again, I like this stuff. And look, I'm going to call on my wise counsel of Elvis Presley and Richard. No, Nixon you will not. Very short. No, you will not. <laughs> very, very, very shortly. And you can, very shortly, an earless Van Gogh yeah. to talk about eggnog. You can have all of the eggnog, and you can actually keep the nutmeg too. Oh, yep. I already have a nutmeg. Ah, that's that's funny. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, moving on. Christmas Day. What do you got? I do you remember the Burgermeister Meister Burger from Santa Claus is coming to town? Yes. He hated he hated toys. Yes. Right. He would say, no toys. I mean, no toys for Christmas. In Sombertown, right? So that guy was probably modeled on this guy. In 1621, Governor William Bradford of Plymouth Colony, now known as Massachusetts. This is before it was spread out to all of Massachusetts. It was just Plymouth. He forbids game playing on Christmas. So all those poor little, like, you know, pilgrim kids who got go fish cards or checkerboard maybe from Santa. Parcheesi. 
not allowed to play. Or that game where you roll the thing with a stick, whatever that was. <laughs> You know, it's not allowed in Plymouth Colony. Look, Virginia, we've got you a new rock on which to play hopscotch. You stop chasing the chickens. It looks like fun. Oh, you spoiled me with your rock. <laughs> what have I done to deserve such a rock? <laughs> it's, it's Christmas to go play with your sister and her new stick. <laughs> but not today, you won't, you little not heathens. Today, you no. Today is for solemn work. So. <laughs> So yeah, so you, uh, kids get all these like little games and or whatever for Christmas, but nope, you can't play them because the Burgermeister Meister Burger is a dick. <laughs> and and it's funny because it's not like Christmas doesn't have a tradition of people playing with like dolls and action figures and stuff. Because in twelve twenty three, yep, Saint Francis of Assisi assembles the first nativity scene, which is pretty much like the Jesus and Mary and Joseph action figure playset, <laughs> if you really think about it. You know, he's got baby Jesus and he's got Mary and Joseph. He's got three wise men. He's got a sheep. He's got a Ooh, he's cow. Got the sheep? He's got a that's goose. A, that's a collector's item. Right? It's, exactly. It's all still in the box. You've got the, right, exactly. You've got the three wise men expansion pack and you've got the, you know, I mean, so it's all there. He's got to keep, you just got to keep on buying. <laughs> Where do you think George Lucas got his idea for the action figures? Oh, right. Huh? 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 I remember whenever I was a, a kid, we had a nativity scene. And it said uh, D.O. on it. And I just remember being like laugh, <laughs> laughing that like the lead singer of Black Sabbath had a uh, had a hand in the, the nativity scene. So, uh, wise man, how did you find your way to the manger? I followed a rainbow in the dark. So you get the three wise men, the shepherd and D.O., the last in line. D.O. He's 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 three fourths the, the height of a wise man, but he's got a voice of four people. Probably at that time he was still in Rainbow, and uh, I I don't have any good Rainbow references at this point, except for the one that, that except for the one in the dark. All right, uh, the next day, the twenty sixth, is traditionally known as Boxing Day, and Ooh. I know. <laughs> I, oh, hold on, and I know you're a huge boxing fan, Mister Mister McLarge, huge. So as my Christmas present to you, I will let you have this day. Oh, you should have. Oh, you spoil me. And you, yeah. So exactly what I what I wanted. It was on my Christmas list and everything. Yeah. December 26, 1908, African-American boxer and the first African-American heavyweight champion, Jack Johnson, beats the ever-loved blue-eyed Canadian bacon out of <laughs> a guy named Tommy Burns. He beats him in, in Sydney, Australia. The fight goes four, 14 rounds. He's the first black man to win heavyweight title, which is this, this fight. Burns is favorited to win, and Johnson absolutely massacres him. 14 rounds is a long time. And oh, yeah. routinely <laughs> boxing matches went to 20 rounds in the early part of the century. This fight is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, you can watch it on YouTube. It was filmed with a hand-cranked, they're not video cameras, but a hand-cranked film camera. Oh, yeah. In 1908, as it was going on, and there's there's a boxers have put commentary over it. And you'll never see the end of the fight because the cops jumped into the ring and they stopped the camera recording as well. So the cops intervened because Johnson was going to kill uh, Tommy Burns, probably, in that ring. So, Ironically so enough, that, December 26, 1908, the first snuff film is filmed. The first snuff film is, yes, that nobody wants to catch a guy getting, <laughs> getting beaten to death. So they stopped the fight, and he was awarded the, the title. And then, again, another boxing uh, special. In 1971, Muhammad Ali, possibly the greatest boxer, boxer of the modern age, uh, finishes off with this German guy named Jürgen Blinn. In the seventh round. What was his and name? You can watch Jürgen, Jürgen Blinn. You can't, um, you cannot say that name without sounding like a member of ABBA. Jürgen Blinn. Jürgen Blinn. Uh, Jürgen Blinn. His name is Jürgen. And he was Jürgen, all right. He, he looks like he's, you can watch this fight on YouTube as well. And it looks like he's putting up a, he's, he's about Ali's size, but Ali's got a little bit of a reach advantage. Ali's a big dude. Ali hits him with a right hand cross that is so hard. Like, just watching it on YouTube, I winced. I'm pretty sure Jürgen Blind got hit so hard, he went back in time. Like, he is, his great-grandfather great was like, oh, my face, whoa, what happened? He hits him so hard, he wakes up in 1908, and the cops are starting stopping the fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, he finds him, he's also a Canadian citizen at that point, and he's in Australia. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, he gets, he gets hit, he, he staggers, like, three steps to the right, and then just slumps against the uh, the ropes and then drops to his knees and then drops on his face and it takes like six seconds for him to go down and he just it's like a it's like it was like watching it in slow motion oh it's like uh in uh mike tyson's punch out when glass joe goes down the, uh, yeah. 
yeah, it's it was it's brutal. It's a beautiful fight to watch if you like the sweet science like I do. And Jack Johnson's fight is the same too. Like you can watch him just putting one two three 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 into Tommy Burns until you, even I was like, "Come on, cops, get in there! Come on, you're gonna kill that guy!" You know, <laughs> the three Stooges. Give him the old one three yeah. one three. What happened to two? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What happened to one, two? Three. Two you get. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing stuff. Oh. Amazing stuff, and it's a, a good a good use for Boxing Day, Bill. Thank you for the Christmas gift. Yeah. I appreciate Excellent. it. Excellent. And me, of Canadian heritage, I don't celebrate Boxing Day because they still don't really have a, a really good grip on what it actually is. But being of Canadian heritage, I acknowledge Boxing Day. All right. It's the day when we talk about boxing. Yep. I'm sure that's what it I'm is. Sure that's what it is. All right. So December the 27th. December the 27th sucks. December the 27th is probably the worst day in history. And I don't mean because like a volcano went off and it killed 30,000 people. I I'm just mean I couldn't find anything. Could you find anything? Yeah. I couldn't find anything Okay, this day. so so I'm going to say Hold on, this, hold on. I'm going to say Hold like, on, let me tell you what I found, okay? This okay. this is how exciting today comes down to. December 27th, 1991, the video game Golden Axe 2 is released. Wow. Okay, that game sucks. All right, the original Golden Axe is like the worst video game like ever made. And somehow they made a sequel to it, right? 1991. Now, I want you to just look at the facts here, okay? That game sucks eggs so bad. It sucks eggnog so bad that they actually put a release date on it two days after Christmas because nobody wants that game for Christmas because it's shit. Okay. Right. No kids have been so bad that they have to get over the next two. For right. There's no punishment video games for you, Johnny. You did set the cat on fire, yeah. but you know we're going to give you parlor games instead. Yeah, parlor games were released for the sake of masochism on the same day in history. Right. Here yes. we go. Hey, you know what's better than than playing darts? Playing darts on the on the TV. Come on. Yes. If you thought being bored in the analog world was fun. <laughs> Wait till you're bored in the digital world too. I actually, I actually had the Parlor Games video game for the Master System, and it, it, you know, for all the fun we're poking at, it wasn't it wasn't as terrible as it's made out to be. It's definitely better than Golden Axe. It wasn't 2. as bad as Golden Axe too, right? Um, we do have a couple of weird holidays for the twenty seventh. Yeah, what do you got? I got one. I got National Fruitcake Day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've never. I, I don't think I've ever eaten fruitcake. I may have like tried once and like. I didn't even get past like the bite into it. Like uh, uh, I'm like that scene from Ford Fairlane with the Odura. That was me, just like oh, yeah. <laughs> didn't even want to chew it. Yeah. Uh, it's also make a snowflake out of paper day, oh. and I'll well, and go. I'll tell you something right now. My enjoyment of life, my life fulfilling prophecy, would be better fulfilled making a snowflake out of a piece of paper than playing Golden Axe Two on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> What if you were playing Golden Axe 2 with a mouthful of fruitcake, Bill? <laughs> what about that? I'm playing darts. What about that? I'm playing dart. I'm playing cards. Oh, God. I'm playing blackjack with a digital guy. It's super great. I just want to point out something. We have a number of listeners uh, that are from the Midwest and from the West Coast. Uh, it seems that my accent is a, uh, a subject of, of, of topic because I've gotten some messages talking about it. They go, oh, my God, your accent's like my favorite part of the show. I was like, well, thanks. I put a lot of work into the rest of the show, too, you know. <laughs> um, but last week we had mentioned Pop-Tarts. And just and like I'm trying not to say it, sound like an idiot. But that was like Pop-tarts. that was one of the first times I ever heard myself say something sound that just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> like Pop-Tarts. I was like, oh, no. So it's funny. Well, I was When I went to school, uh, I went to college for – for three semesters in England, and I was all excited because I had played darts well enough to get onto the school darts oh, team. Darts, yeah. And I was telling telling my friends, yeah, hey, I got on the darts team. And they all looked at me with this sort of funny look on their face, and I was like, what are darts? And I said, yeah, darts. You throw darts at the dartboard. <laughs> and, and one of them says, do you mean darts? And I was like, yeah, darts. And he's like, darts? Darts, darts. <laughs> and ever since then, I've tried to sort of reforce the R's back into my day-to-day speech because it was the first time I'd ever really had the the old Massachusetts accent really sort of shown to me in a way that was 
both funny and tragic at the same oh, time. Oh, I embellished. I embellished it. Whenever I was I was working at a Renaissance fair down in Florida, I was running the ready dart game, and yeah. the object of the game was to hit the red dot. And because of my accent, the words dart and dot sound exactly the same right. to everybody else, yep. and they nobody could make a heads or tails of what I was talking about. <laughs> Ah, good. Makes it easy to keep them from winning. The yes, prizes, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but before I knew it, they were like throwing at my shoulder. I. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get on to the celebrity birthdays. December twenty first, nineteen mother forty eight is the mother birthday of Samuel Mother Jackson. One of my favorite actors, and uh, has occasionally been in a terrible movie, but is still better for yep. it. So, like Deep Blue Sea, the worst shark movie mm-hmm. ever made. He's in it just long enough to get eaten in the middle of his we're going to get out of here speech, which is funny. Yep. Then everything else in the movie is awful. Yeah, I like him. Loved him in Pulp Fiction and and uh, all the other Tarantino stuff that he's been into. Right. And, yeah, and whenever I first saw that he was going to be Nick Fury in the MCU, I was like, yes, what a great choice, you know, to, to play uh, to play Nick Fury. He's, it's it's perfect. I mean, I I know it goes against uh you know what Nick Fury looks like in the comic book, but it doesn't matter. He was yeah, just great. Yeah, matter. yeah, he was good. He was great in that. He was he's he's been great in everything that he's yeah. been in. Um, like I said, even the stuff that I is not considered a technically a good yeah. movie, he's good in. He's a great so. Cinderella story too, because he got start in the business late, and he was like a mess before he started. So yeah, yeah good yep. for him. All right, next up. All right, December twenty second, nineteen forty nine. Maurice and Robin Gibb of the Bee Gees are born in Douglas in the Isle of Man. You know, an hour ago when we were putting this show together, <laughs> I had no idea that those two were twins. I didn't either. And looking at them both in pictures now, I'm like, they, they don't look anything alike. They don't look like I, twins. I, I don't even, they don't wow. even look like brothers. <laughs> did, I ever, did I ever tell you I dated a twin? So did I. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did it. How'd you, t- how'd, how'd you tell them apart? How'd you tell them apart? Uh, well, one had short hair and the other had long hair. Oh, for me, one had blonde hair, the other one had a penis. <laughs> excellent. 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 I thought you'd like that. <laughs> Very good. All right, moving on. <laughs> December 23rd, 1964. The leader of what we'll, we will now call the Hurdy Durr move, movement in music. Eddie Vedder from the band Pearl Jam. Oh, surely he'll be singing happy birthday to all of his friends. Like, happy birthday to you. Jeremy. Happy birthday. I think Eddie Vedder just really said it all when he said, hi, 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 hi. So, yep. They have a lot of fans. Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. They're still they still get a lot of radio play, which I I, I don't think that really surprises me because their their albums hold up. Yeah, and they have a dedicated fan base and stuff. And I know just among some of my you know folks in my friend group who still who still buy Pearl Jam records when they come out and still try to go see them if they tour, that they still have a very active an active fan following, even if they don't get any radio play for anything other than Jeremy. I think it, or I, alive. Yeah, I think uh, I think Pearl Jam probably falls into that category. I don't know. I don't have enough experience with them. That their album tracks are better than their singles. Like that's how I feel about Duran Duran. So uh, yeah. maybe I'll go and I'll try to listen to it because I remember one song from them called "Spin the Black Circle." I remember liking that song. Oh yeah, that's from the Vitology. That was the only single from the Vitology record. No, so Better Man was on that on Vitology. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. All right. That was the first single from the Vitology record okay. then. All right. All right, moving on. Christmas Eve. What do you got? Christmas Eve, 1966. A sort of character actor named Dietrich Bader. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, was, he got famous for being on the Drew Carey show, but he's also done a bunch of other stuff. He's been in a bunch of movies, and he plays like usually plays like a funny, funny dude, has black hair, and uh, was also the voice of Batman on the very well-put-together uh, animated show, Batman Brave and the Bold. Yep, and he was the, uh, the kung fu... Kind of teacher. I can't remember what he was. It, I forgot what he called it. He had a name for his own thing. But he was the uh, the self defense instructor. How's that from okay. from Napoleon Dynamite? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. With the Amer- yeah. with the American flag pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he's hilarious. He was also in a very 
bad movie. Uh, they made a movie out of the Beverly Hillbilly- Hillbillies. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was Jethro in yes. that. Yes, I forgot all about how bad that was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the only thing funnier than that movie was somebody asking, like, hey, you want to go see that, that Clampets movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. no that's, that's, yeah, I was always joking. Than the whole yeah. film. That's my he, he was also, um, I forget what his name was in, in Office Space, but he was, he, was, uh, he was the main character's neighbor. He would whack, whack on the wall and say, like, they're doing breast exams on Channel 6. <laughs> that was. All right. Uh, moving on. Christmas Day, 1971. The criminally handsome 23rd Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Holy Jesus. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Messiah and 23rd Prime Minister. Um, Look at that. Yeah. Fighting for dominance there. And who knows, in maybe 300 years, there'd be some some old French-Canadian and Portuguese grandmothers with a picture of Justin Trudeau on their mantle. Yep. They'd be like, I remember the days. Who's that handsome man? Yeah. I got, I got my Justin Trudeau action figure all set up. <laughs> yeah. He's, look at him. He was born. He was born in a manger. Yep. Also, I, I, I just want to throw this in because we can't overlook a woman whose voice, I, if I if I die and get to heaven... There's no way the angels are going to sound as beautiful as Annie Lennox, uh, who was also born on Christmas Day in 1964. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Beautiful. Yeah, she's she definitely voice. can sing. Yep. Amazing. Yes, Absolutely. from uh, super popular in the 1980s. Yep. Yes. Yep. Part of that that crazy new wave era. Yep. Era. All right. Next up on the 26th, what do you got? December 26, 1933. Carol Spinney, who you may know as the puppeteer behind Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. From Sesame Street, who was born? He was born in Waltham, Massachusetts. Right, go figure. Oh, okay. Another uh, another hometown hero there. Yep. Um, he was very tall and was a great puppeteer. I certainly grew up and learned many life lessons from Big Bird. Probably just as many from Oscar the Grouch too, because Sesame Street started just around the time I was born. Yep. Uh, and my mom, being the progressive mom that she was, would say, "Oh, this is a TV show for kids." And plant me in front of it, yep. so I could <laughs> I could bask in the glory of radioactive uh, television. Yep. My experience, I have two two experiences with Carol Spinney. One is firsthand, and the other is secondhand. I met Carol Spinney probably about ten years ago, and I was telling him a story about listening to the uh, the Sesame Street records, and then he was te- he told me a story back, and while he was telling me the story, he started singing the alphabet song. Yeah. In Big Bird's voice. So he starts going, after that, keep you coming up, it's still with this. And right. I, my jaw just dropped and I was like, Mr. Spinney, do you realize what just happened? Big Bird just sang to me. And and, and I was like, I go, that's that, I go, you just made my, my year. That was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And then yeah. as I was walking away, he called to me in Oscar's voice. And he said, oh, nice. he goes, have a rotten day. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's a great story. Uh, yeah. Though. And Carol Spinney's last personal appearance happened at Rhode Island Comic Con a couple of years ago. And my friend Carolyn is a like like master cake maker. She makes those beautiful custom cakes. Mm-hmm. And she made his happy retirement cake. Nice. And that, yeah. And she actually like made this dress that was kind of like uh, you know, yellow. Kind of, it, it, it was made up to kind of look like Big Bird a little bit. Yeah. And she did her eye makeup the same way that Big Bird's eyes are with that pink and the blue and all that. Yeah, yeah. She looked absolutely beautiful. And that oh, wow. that's how she dressed to present him with a cake. So, like, the last public appearance of Carol Spinney it was with Car- my friend Carolyn handing him uh, his retirement cake. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story, yeah, too. Yeah. And, and he passed away not long after that, maybe, like, two months or something like that but it, that was yeah so like, i have this like wonderful connection with uh with carol spinney wow that's amazing yeah. what a wonderful story uh, who i do not have a wonderful uh connection <laughs> with or a wonderful story about is our next birthday december 27th 1966 uh quote unquote professional wrestler uh bill goldberg i know him as the Terrible Z-grade actor in things like Universal Soldier 3, direct-to-video experience. So, yep. Bill Goldberg has had a great career 
in WCW, this his whole story was he was unbeatable. He had a, this long winning streak of like a hundred some odd matches, and he would just yep. destroy his opponents in like. Th- yeah, he would just tackle them and spike them, and that was yeah, it. and three moves and all that. But then, like when they actually had to involve him in a storyline, we all found out real quick that this guy only has three wrestling moves, and he doesn't do them that well. Those three wrestling moves have carried him, you know, fairly well. He's made a career out of it. He still has a couple of matches left on his contract with the WWE. One of the last matches that he had, he wrestled The Undertaker. And The Undertaker can make anybody look good. But The Undertaker, I mean, the, but Bill Goldberg is so bad that he couldn't even make, The Undertaker couldn't even make him look good. That match was, wow. that match was awful, 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 like, it's it, it's if you can look it up that happened in uh in saudi arabia undertaker versus bill goldberg thank god there was a huge payday on that because other than that there's nothing good to say about that match that must have been a why was it okay so this this just brings the question out i'm i'm gonna ask i know what everybody else is thinking it's like what why in saudi arabia money talks that's why the uh, okay. the leader of Saudi Arabia made a deal with the devil himself, better known as Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and they are on contract to put on X amount of pay-per-views from Saudi Arabia. I think the contract is for like five years, but all this wow. everything's negotiable right now because of uh, you know the worldwide pandemic. But I'm sure once live shows uh, get the green light once again, that they'll be back. It's, wow. Yeah, it's it's stuff. very yeah it's very controversial. Um, myself personally, I don't watch those pay per views because yeah. uh, not for like political reasons. It's just that they're on it. Yeah. They're on it like two in the afternoon on a work day. Right. And yeah. And always the I mean very rarely are the matches consequential to the storylines. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. So it's, I don't even bother watching them. No, that that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not really familiar with that. Uh, section of the world. I remember there was a guy that owned like a dairy mart that was from Saudi Arabia when I was a kid. And he would constantly listen to this, like almost like meditation music. I mean, to him, he loved it. But to me, it just sounded like the worst song ever. All right. So I got a couple of messages over the last couple of weeks. Uh, concerning the worst song ever. Uh, so one of them was saying how much they like some of the obscure stuff that we bring up because this guy is like a, like a self-professed music historian like ourselves. And uh, he goes, you know, sometimes you bring up songs I've never even heard of before. And then I got a message from somebody else that said, I love the worst song ever segment, but I really wish you'd bring up more songs that I'm familiar with. <laughs> so uh, we kind of got a yin and yang. Damned if you do, damned yeah, if you don't. Kind of got a yin and yang uh, uh, segment here, there. Let me, and then somebody else had messaged me because we had did um, the worst song ever about the Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. And she was like, I didn't know that anybody actually hated that song. So let's just explain the worst song ever yeah it's probably some of, probably a good time to clarify yeah, some of the songs i actually don't mind it's just that they're kind of ridiculous so i mean there's a lot of categories for the worst song ever sometimes the song is okay it's okay and it just ended up being way more popular than it ever should have been case in point the macarena <laughs> Yes. Then there's songs that uh, we had brought up. Peter, uh, what did you say his name was? Peter Saterable? <laughs> yes, formerly right. of Chicago. Right. And the Chicago was just stinking like. Up the, uh, stinking up the, Ameri- the adult contemporary charts for right. far too long. So, yeah, like Chicago was this kind of like badass band in the early days. And then it just became like, you know, Peter Saterable became schlocky kind of. Last last song of the dance night kind of a stuff. Right. Then there's stuff which we will be getting to soon, like Dee Dee King and the Shags, who wrote unbelievably bad music, but it's kind of fun and <laughs> and like that. And then we have a weird category that goes with what we're talking about today, which is novelty music. No, or novelty songs, especially that like had this immense popularity for a short, short time. Think of it as like no one expected this sort of weird, dumb, Nishy thing. Yeah, 
poorly thought out song to have legs, but it turns out it does. Yeah, all right. So enough of the Alfred Hitchcock buildup. What's our contender this week? Our contender this week is the stunning 1966 two minute and 30 second long, although it feels 10 times as long. Uh, Winchester Cathedral song done by the new vaudeville band, which wasn't really a band. Or vaudeville for that matter. Written, nor was it from vaudeville. Uh, written by a, a British songwriter who, who wrote for like Herman's Hermits and stuff named Jeff Stevens. Okay. So the point of the song, which we should play a clip of so you can bask in the weird retro strangeness of this piece. All right. Winchester Cathedral. Yeah, so like what what Jeff Stevens was going for was a song that was based around this type of music that was done in old British dance, uh, British music halls, or as we would call them, vaudeville houses, and wrote this song that had all the same characteristics as the music that was popular at the turn of the century in in England and and ultimately in the United States, to the point where he hired somebody who sounded like Rudy Valley to do that. My name is the thing, you know, and yeah, he sings, sing through his hands. And, yeah, he sings like he's holding his nose into a Maxwell coffee cup can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like, it's a novelty song in that it was trying to sort of, sort of explore sort of popular music in the past, and I, I sort of understand that. What I don't understand is why this two minutes and thirty seconds of that went to number one in the UK and then here in the United States. And it stayed there for a little while too. Just in time for Christmas. Um, and it won a Grammy. Shut in 1967. up. 1967. 1967. Oh, Best contemporary song. Oh God. Right. Like I, so, I don't understand it. This is like somebody saying like contemporary. You know, what do you mean contemporary? It's like faux nostalgic song. Yeah. It would be the, to me. This is like somebody. Uh, all of a sudden, it becomes super popular for people to eat like weird ass Jello recipes from the 1930s. <laughs> But it's super popular for three weeks, and like all you want to do is like put that tuna fish and mayonnaise and olives and frozen fruit and whatever the hell it is in the lime jello. That's what's for dinner. <laughs> and then at the end of two weeks, you're like, if I never see a jello mold again, it'll be too goddamn soon. <laughs> That's Winchester Cathedral for me. Yep. This goes back. There's another song too, like um, like we'll say 20 years later was that song putting on the Ritz from Taco <laughs> by Taco. Yeah. <laughs> If you're blue and you don't know where to go yep. to. Oh, yeah, that song was terrible. Yep. and But it's that same kind of like, you know, throwback and nostalgia. Also, it uh, it kind of reminds me of that song, this song that I know you love so much. That is wrong with the world, not the bloody <laughs> you know, Pipkins. Ugh. Yeah, God, I hate that song. Yeah, give me that ding though. Actually, uh, goes down because of that intro there with that. It actually goes down as about being recognized as the first rap song. I can't even. I don't even have. I hate. I. I. I very rarely dislike a song to the point where I'll. I'll I'll actively like complain about it in a forum like this, but I I I like have a visceral dislike of "Give Me That Dang" by the Pipkins, and it comes that song gets played on satellite radio so like anytime it's played is too much, but it's played enough that I hear it <laughs> enough that I every time I hear it I think like oh god if I if only that we'd had nuclear war in the <laughs> '60s we never would have had to hear this song. Like, that's the kind of how much dislike I have of, of that song. I like Give Me That Ding. No, you don't. No one likes that song. <laughs> if you get the the out of there and you get the the Give Me That Ding, if you just take all the vocals out of it, it's yeah. a really cool, it's a cool ragtime piano song. And it's great if you take all the vocals out and you take out all the instruments, too, and then it's just silence for three minutes. <laughs> that's the best part of that song is when it's not on. Ugh. All right. Let's wrap up the show. I'm going to give you the answer to the trivia oh, question. Jeez, oh, I thought I was going to skip that one this week. So that's let me bad. let me re-ask the question. All right. One one state in the United States only borders one other state. It only shares a border with one state. Which state would that be? 
would that state be if I don't answer? Like no. technically, <laughs> I, I oh. never get it wrong. So Ge- no, uh, guess a- I'm gonna get no. I'm gonna guess a good state. I'm gonna guess that it's. I'm picturing the map of the United States in my head, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Alaska? Oh no! I know it borders Canada, <laughs> which is not a state. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Alaska does not border any other state. Uh, oh it's man. A, it's, it's an island unto itself. Nope. The answer is the answer is Maine. Really? Yep. Maine borders New Hampshire, which is. Oh my God! You know what? That's I didn't even think of that. Like, and I live in <laughs> and I live in New Hampshire with all our whole seventeen yep. miles of coastline. But that yep. seventeen miles of coastline literally cuts Massachusetts off from Maine. So yep. yeah, the only and, place that borders Maine is New Hampshire. Poor Maine. Yep. And, I feel bad. And for you, Maine, Maine, and Maine at one point was actually considered a part of Massachusetts. World is a strange place, Bill. Sure is, and I don't know if you've ever been to Maine. It's, it's like Massachusetts. Song, I think. It's like Massachusetts, but less. <laughs> it's a lot like Massachusetts. So it's a lot. It's more a, bears. Yeah, yeah, more bears. A little more moose, and a little less, uh, a little less Celsius. Uh, half of the uh, state legislature is made up of lobsters. All right, but that is uh, the end of the episode. Our very, very, very special Christmas episode of Twibbly. But that's not entirely true. That's not entirely true because on Christmas Day, uh, which uh, I don't remember what day Christmas is on this year. It's the it's on the twenty fifth, Bill. It's Shut up! What day of the week is it on? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so this coming Friday, Christmas Day, a very uh, nice Christmas present for you all. We are going to have a special Twibbly episode, picking out the worst song or the worst Christmas songs ever. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I have so such a list. Oh. oh. Yeah. It's gonna be it's something. Huge. All right. So yeah. Huge, uh, I tell you. Yeah, everybody, um, after you get done opening your presents, uh, open up uh, your Spotify or your iTunes or whatever. Tune in Christmas Day for a very special episode of Twibbly. And have right. have a great week. Have a great Christmas, everyone. We'll Happy see. holidays, gang. All right, all right. Say goodnight, Jeff. Bye everyone. Good night. Good night, Jeff. <laughs> Bye guys. Special thanks to James Coster for our theme music. Thank you so much for listening to Twibbly. This week was way better last year. You can follow and or message us over on Instagram or on Facebook at T-W-W-W-B-L-Y. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you tell your friends if you like our show. And if you don't like our show, tell your friends you did like it. It'll be a great prank you can play on them. Have a good week, guys.